the budget controls how often ads show, and then the bids control ad rank or where on Google your ads show. So you can increase your budget, but that still won't impact your ad rank. The formula behind ad rank is max CPC or the maximum you are willing to pay for each click times quality score. And quality score is this kind of nebulous <laughs> term that Google has. It really, what it really means is relevance. So you could want to pay as much as you know you can for each click, but you still have to actually have a relevant ad and have chosen relevant keywords in order to obtain a decent ad rank on Google. Are you spending too much on Google ads without getting results? I'm Alex Freeman, and today, one of the Google Ads Optimization founding team members, Christina Katura, is joining us to share her insider secrets with you. Christina joined Google in 2002 and helped them launch ad optimization features still used today. In 2009, she started a consulting company helping clients like Hilton, JustFab, 1-800-CONTACTS, just to name a few, create better performing ads. Christina will share actionable insights to set up and manage campaigns that drive revenue. Get ready to learn effective strategies, hacks, and how to maximize the results of your Google ad campaigns from someone who created the system. Let's get started. Christina, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. And so to get things started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of came to Google ads and how how you gained this expertise on this type of marketing? I actually ended up at Google by accident. Um, I had just finished college and I was taking a year off before starting graduate school. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And so I needed a job and ended up at Google, which was at that time a startup. And AdWords was then brand new and really exciting. It was still being built and kind of we were figuring it out. So it was something that we um, really enjoyed working on and optimizing. And so I ended up staying there for six and a half years. After that, I left Google and started my own consulting company. And I work with companies of different sizes and from different industries, um, help them manage their Google Ads campaigns. It's uh, pretty wild to think of Google as a startup at this point in time. That's incredible. You were there at the ground floor. What are some of the advantages for small businesses to utilizing Google Ads versus other platforms? Um, so there are really three big buckets, reach, relevance, and ROI. Um, so the reach piece, Google reaches obviously a massive audience. Uh, so more than 90% of internet users uh, can be reached through your Google Ads campaign. And that's not just on Google search. Google has other networks and platforms where you could be showing your ads. So for example, Google Maps, the shopping tab, YouTube, the display network, which is as you browse articles online, your ads could potentially pop up next to, next, to, next to those articles and blogs. So it's a huge uh, network and potential for traffic. Another advantage is uh, relevance. So unlike with, you know, with traditional forms of advertising where you might advertise on radio, for example, or in print, and sure, those can be pretty specific. With Google, you can make it even more specific. So you could reach people at exactly the moment that they're searching for you which they're designating with the keywords that they use to search for you. And then you can also make it extremely specific with location targeting. So you can reach people in specific cities, even zip codes or radiuses that you might be interested in. The ROI piece is really about Google being very accountable. You can see all kinds of data in your Google Ads account uh, from how many people have seen your ads to how many people have gone on to check out your website, how many people have called you, have purchased from you or, you know, submitted one of your online forms. So it's really those three big buckets, reach, relevance and ROI. One additional advantage is that it, it can actually be relatively easy to set up. Yes, it can get complex, but 
you can potentially be up and running on Google same day if you wanted to. You mentioned uh, a couple of different, quite a few different places where your ad can appear. Is that something that, you know, at the beginning of the process of getting set up, I have to decide where I want this or am I going to get that broader reach kind of no matter what's kind of the default setting and what, what are the advantages of choosing one placement versus another? So it's actually a common mistake that people make. They go with a super broad setting, which could, uh, it sounds great because your ads could show on these, all these different networks like Google and display and YouTube, but it ends up not working out that type of system ends up not working out for more, for most customers. Uh, really ideally you would have separate campaigns for the different networks that you'd like to advertise on. So for most smaller businesses or people who are just starting out with Google search is going to be the most beneficial. So Google search, it has the best conversion rates and uh, the lowest cost to convert. Display is great if you need additional traffic beyond search and if you want some branding and same thing for YouTube. Shopping is great for people who are selling online, so e-commerce. But back to your question about when you set it up, how this all uh, looks to a user when trying to get started. So you'll be walked through some of these steps as you set up your first campaign. Um, so you'll be able to choose where you'd like to show your ads. So just make sure that you don't check the default setting of allowing Google to show your ads everywhere, hmm. but instead, you know, be more specific. And my recommendation is to start with just search. Love that. Um, and then what are the different, you alluded to it there, but could you get more explicit in the different types of ads that are available? So as somebody and what types of businesses are best served by each type? Um, so ads that are available vary by which campaign type you go with. So for example, we talked about search and display and YouTube and shopping and uh, discovery is another format that I didn't mention. So all of these have their own ad types. But let's talk about maybe just you know, the search campaign, which is the default that most people really think about when they think Google. On search, there's actually a new ad format called responsive search ad. That ad contains multiple headlines and descriptions, and that's probably going to be the best ad type for most people to use. There are also call ads that can be hit or miss depending on what industry you're in. But basically, the ads that you can run depend on the campaign. And so if you're running a display campaign, you'd be setting up a display ad, which is slightly different than the search ad. Beyond, you know, the different, you know, basic types, what are the different like extensions that are and options available to each of those ads and how how many bells and whistles should somebody be looking at adding to any given campaign? Uh, there are quite a few options for ad extensions. Um, so the main ones are site links, callouts, call extensions and location extensions. So that's pretty much what everybody should set up. What those are individually, uh, so site links are links to additional pages on your site. So your ad will have, let's say, your homepage as a URL. But then through a site link, you can also show people links to other pages on your site that are relevant. Callouts are extra words that appear below your ad that are basically additional benefits that you might want to highlight. And call extensions is a phone number that will appear next to your ad. Um, and a location extension is, you know, especially for local businesses, very important, a link to a map with your business address, potentially, you know, multiple business addresses if you have those. So those are the basic ones. There are additional extensions that are available, structured snippets, app extensions, image extensions, price extensions, and promotion extensions. <laughs> so some of them are more appropriate for certain types of businesses. So for example, app extensions are really not going to be appropriate for most businesses because you don't have an app. Price extensions are only appropriate for people who want to highlight their prices. Promotion extensions are appropriate for those who want to offer a discount, like a percentage off, for example. And then image extensions are perfect for everyone, but they're not currently available to everyone. Um, they're still being slowly rolled out after being in beta for quite a while. 
back to your question about what to set up, everything that's available. So one thing that can be confusing about this is people will set up some of their site links or callouts, but they won't see them in their ad. And that's actually perfectly normal. Google chooses if and when to show your ad extensions and what extensions you will see in your ad will actually depend on your location, device, and a number of other factors. So for example, on a mobile device, you'll be much more likely to see a call extension than some of the other extensions. So basically set up everything that's relevant and allow Google to use their algorithms to optimize for you. And those are all being run algorithmically. Those aren't uh, based on any bid price or anything to, to when my extension's being shown? So ad extensions are more likely to show at the top. Obviously, the higher your bid, the better your ad rank. Actually, I think we'll talk about that maybe in a bit. But no, the, the bid does not dictate if your ad extensions show. Google will choose if and when to show them. So your job is to just set them up and then Google will choose their placement. Yeah, I, mean, I think we can go into the bidding process now here. Um, but first, I do want to, if you could define some some lingo for us, um, you know, CPM, CPC, CPV, um, and kind of give us those, the rundown of what those are and then how that affects bidding and what the bidding process is like. Sure. So CPM means cost per thousand impressions. Basically, how much are you willing to pay for a thousand impressions? That's something you'll pretty much only see in display campaigns, uh, which... I don't recommend that you run if you're just starting out, but it is an option. It's actually a really dated bidding model that most people do not use anymore. So I would probably not choose to go with that. Cost per click or CPC stands for how much you are paying for each click for each visit to your website. Cost per view means how much you're willing to pay for each video view. So if you're running YouTube campaigns. As far as bidding, there are two main principles to keep in mind. There are two ways to control your ads visibility. Number one is budget and number two are bids. So the budget controls how often your ads show. So the higher your budget, the more your ads will show. Actually, one super common question is people set up their ads and they go on Google and search for themselves and they don't see their ad. And the reason is actually almost always the budget. <laughs> um, so the budget controls how often ads show and then the bids control ad rank or where on Google your ads show. So you can increase your budget, but that still won't impact your ad rank. So ad rank means, you know, is your ad in position number one or two or eight or 10? So bids control ad rank. The formula behind ad rank is max CPC or the maximum you're willing to pay for each click times quality score. And quality score is this kind of nebulous <laughs> term that Google has. It really, what it really means is relevance. So you could want to pay as much as you know you can for each click, but you still have to actually have a relevant ad and have chosen relevant keywords in order to obtain a decent ad rank on Google. Um, I just I want to follow up on one thing you said in there about uh, a display campaign and not recommending that as somebody's kind of starting out or maybe for a small business. And can you just kind of talk about why you wouldn't recommend a display campaign and a search campaign over the the display campaign? Sure. So for most advertisers, really, not even just small advertisers, display campaigns will not convert as well as search. So if you're just starting out, my recommendation is to learn search and get the hang of that first. And then if you need more traffic and as you're ready to expand ad on display. So display is great for branding. You know, you get a lot of eyeballs in your ads. People can see your ads on cool websites, maybe, you know, news articles that, that they're browsing. But the people that are browsing those news articles are not necessarily in the right frame of mind to purchase. They're not looking for you like they might be on Google search. So the conversion rates are a lot lower. So even though average CPCs or how much you pay for each click is cheaper on display, it's much less likely to convert. So most people will see actually higher cost 
to acquire a customer on display than they see on search. Great. Thank you for that. Um, and then what is the kind of average cost per click on Google ads and what what is influencing that? Uh, so it really varies widely by industry. There are some articles out there that provide aggregates, but this data is not provided by Google. So you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I do think they're somewhat accurate. So there's a publication, WordStream publishes yearly data on industry averages across Google Ads accounts. And they say that the average cost per click is about three and a half dollars. So it's not cheap. It's, you know, it can be higher for super competitive industries and it can be lower for not very competitive industries. So like travel, for example, is not as competitive. It can be cheaper, but legal industry, attorneys, lawyers, super expensive. Those clicks can actually be hundreds of dollars. And as someone kind of enters into that bidding process initially, if they're starting out, do you recommend they start low and build it up or is there start as high as they can and bring it down? What's kind of the recommendation of a starting point there? So actually, Google has smart bidding options, which basically allows Google to take over bidding for you and bid based on various goals that you might have. So if you're just starting out, if you don't have any conversion data, conversion is basically you know an action that you really care about, such as a sale. So if you don't have, have not set that up or have no conversion data just yet, I recommend allowing Google to bid for you based on your budget with a bidding option called Maximize Clicks. So that's great to start out. As you accumulate data and figure out which keywords are important to you, then you can move over to bidding options that are focused on conversions. So there's a variety of options there. Uh, maximize conversions would be a good one for anyone uh, looking to capture leads, for example, whereas maximize conversion value will be a great option for e-commerce where you're not just getting maximum number of conversions, but also maximum ROI. So those will be the recommended bidding options. You can certainly bid manually, but for someone just starting out, I think that could be a little intimidating and difficult to achieve. So I think maximize clicks is probably better if you're just starting out and then move moving on to conversion-focused bidding options down the road. I do actually also want to talk about bidding for ad rank. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people get hung up on, you know, wanting to be in the number one spot or, you know, at the very top. And I just want to say that that's actually a really expensive place to be. <laughs> so it can, you know, not necessarily always be super profitable. Google does allow the option to bid for ad rank. So there is a bidding option called target impression share bidding, where you can bid for, you know, to be at the very top 90, 100% of the time, whatever your goal is. But almost always those campaigns perform worse in terms of cost per lead. So the cost per lead tends to be really high. I kind of want to dive into that cost per lead concept. Um, how is that determined and how can business owners lower it? And what what other things should they be maybe using that data point for to help understand? Uh, so cost per lead uh, is essentially going to be how much you're paying to acquire a customer. A lead means different things to different people. So for some businesses, it could be calls or online form submissions. Um, for e-commerce, it would be really sales. So it would be you know a cost per sale. So as far as how to determine what that is, once you have set up conversion tracking in your Google Ads account, which you should do before actually starting any campaigns, in my opinion, once you have that data in the system, Google will automatically calculate it for you so you can see it in your account and you can know exactly how much you're paying. Just for everyone's reference, the average for Google, how much you can pay for each lead is about $41. This, of course, again, varies 
widely by industry. So it can be a lot cheaper for cheaper industries and it can be more competitive for like attorneys, for example. But you can see that in your account. And then, you know, sometimes that amount is going to be within your goals, how much you're willing to pay for each lead. And sometimes it's not. So pretty much everyone I talk to says I want to lower my cost per conversion, (laughs) but that's actually really tricky because the lower your desired cost per conversion is, the less total conversions you can probably expect to achieve. Whereas if it's higher, you can probably get more traffic and conversions total. Does that answer your question or did I miss a part of it? No, I think that was great because I think that that's, you know, there's one of the beautiful things about digital marketing in general is that there's so many data points and there's particularly a lot of data points that come from Google and the various ways in which you can utilize the platform. Right. I think it's important to look at these data points. Um, I think a lot of people don't fully understand them. I think making sure that you take the time to set up conversion tracking ahead of time before you start anything is going to save you a lot of headaches. I meet businesses all the time. They've spent a couple of months on ads. They have had, you know, their calls have not increased and they don't know why, but then, you know, in their account, they never were tracking what was happening to begin with. So just making sure that you're taking advantage all of that Google actually has to offer from the very start is important. As someone does get set up in Google ads, um, especially if they're new, um, how do they both set up that effective ad strategy and and set those goals? And what specifically should they be doing planning wise, you know, leading into it? What data points should they be taking note of before they start running that campaign? Uh, great question. So I think most businesses will probably want to take a few days to plan out their strategy and review the competition and try to come up with a game plan of who is their target customer and what are they after. Um, so a few things to keep in mind, you can review some industry-wide data to try to figure out what are the average CPCs in your area, how much you can expect to pay for each conversion and figure out is that if that's something that you can actually afford and is this reasonable for you. So that's a good starting point. You can also use some tools that are not provided by Google, they're third-party tools, but they basically help you see what your competition is doing. So one of them is called semrush.com. And then another one is called spyfu.com. And both of them will give you an idea of what keywords your competition is running on and what their budgets could be. None of them 100% because they actually don't have access to anyone's account. They're just guessing based on what a domain appears for. But they can be a good starting point to gathering your keyword research and figuring out your budgets. So with the competition data at hand, you can start to research how much you can expect to pay for those keywords. Google actually offers a free keyword tool called the Keyword Planner. It is available in your account. Uh, Once you set up a Google Ads account, you don't have to actually spend any money to use it. You can just set up an account with no funds in it and start using it. And that tool, if you search a few keywords that you're curious about, will tell you how competitive these keywords are and how much they cost for your area. So you can start planning that way. So basically plan out your keywords by looking at your competition and figuring out how much you can expect to pay. That's the number one step. And then the second step will be think about where are your customers? Are they local? Are they national? If they're local, how local are they? Are they in a five-mile radius? Are they in a city? And, you know, note that down. The third step is to think about really what makes you stand out and unique. And, you know, a lot of um, people have some great selling points that that are unique, very unique to their businesses that, you know, they'll want to highlight. You can also do some searches on Google to see what your competition is doing with their ad copy so that you can do something that's a little bit different and hopefully more compelling. 
So this is going to bring us to a section of our show called our Blitz questions from our fans, that these are questions that we pulled from our YouTube channel. Uh, so those of you listening out there, make sure you check out Upflip on YouTube and the Upflip blog, and we'll bring in some of your questions on videos and articles there uh, into, into the future podcasts. So the first question here is from Gator P3, who wanted to know about strategies for setting up uh, ads on a limited budget uh, for the best chance of the target market seeing the ads. Um, so definitely search only, not display and not YouTube. Search campaign only. Start with more specific keywords. Those are better than more general keywords. Actually, the number one mistake that people make with their ads is they choose keywords that are too broad in general. Um, so super specific keywords, local, super localized targeting. So smaller targeting is obviously going to narrow down your audience a bit and help you be more effective with your budget. And set up all the ad extensions that you can and then watch what happens for a couple of weeks and optimize based on what data you receive. Awesome. And then uh, the other question here in our fan blitz section is from Karen Vasquez, who wants to know why, why choose Google and the, you know, their suite of ads um, versus another platform. Well, I don't see it as actually one or another. Um, they all have their selling points. So I think Facebook actually does great for a lot of my clients. And so the top two that most of my clients tell me bring the best ROI are Google and Facebook. Um, so definitely think Google is not to be missed because it is so accountable and it has such huge reach. And for most people, it's actually going to bring an ROI that's better than some of the other platforms that are out there. I do think that it's a little bit competitive for some industries, but I don't think that it can be discounted without being tried first. Awesome. Those were the fan blitz questions for this episode. So those of you listening out there, make sure you check out the Upflip blog and Upflip on YouTube and ask your questions there. We'll bring them into future episodes. Uh, Christina, can you talk about the importance of ad copy on Google ads and what are your what tips you might have for improving ad copy? Uh, so ad copy is really what your customer sees um, about you before they click on your ad. Um, so it's your really chance to talk about what makes you stand apart. And please just don't say it's customer support. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> you know, people, what people really care about is prices. So if you have great prices or free consultations or something that people can really benefit from, include that in ad copy. So free shipping, free consultation, call us now, um, types of verbiage are helpful. With ad copy in Google, the ad that we talked about earlier, the responsive search ad, which is actually the new default for ads, it actually consists of up to 15 headlines and four descriptions. So make sure you utilize you know, all of those if you can. Google will basically take those into account and eventually prefer the headlines and descriptions that work better over time. And then you can also see how they're performing and eliminate what's not performing as well. So include your keywords in ad copy. That's actually the most important piece if somebody is searching for yoga studio, make sure that yoga studio is somewhere in your headlines, in one of your headlines. Make sure that you add calls to action. So think about what you want people to do after they land on your site. So if that is for them to call you for a free consultation, say something like call us now or call us for a free consultation. If you want them to just browse your site and shop, say shop now. Basically tell them how to bridge that gap from landing on your site to actually taking that next step and converting. Um, I think really, you know, the, the great part about Google is that you can test with all these different fields and ad options. You can test a lot and kind of see what works and doesn't. And you have people automatically voting on your ads with their clicks. So you can very quickly see what works and improve on what doesn't. How many variations are you normally testing on an ad? I used to say three to five, but that's actually very recently changed. So as of a few months ago, Google has announced that they are discontinuing the old 
ad text. It was called expanded text ads type. And so now moving forward, all ads will be those responsive search ads, which have up to 15 headlines and four descriptions. So moving forward, you'll use that one ad per ad group, which will have all these different descriptions and headlines, which can appear together in different combinations. So you can actually just have one ad in your ad group, uh, but that ad can actually appear in all these different variations when these different elements are combined together. One more thing that I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about ad copies that as you write those elements, make sure that they're unique. So if you have 15 headlines, each headline should say something a little different from each other because all of these could potentially be combined into one ad. So if you have repetitive headlines, you know, think about what it could mean if they were to show next to each other. There's actually also a little known tool in Google for A-B testing. It's called Ad Variations. If you're not sure, for example, if Call Us Now will perform better than Contact Us Now, you can very easily test that. You basically go to the Ad Variations tool and in literally two minutes set up a test where you can watch and observe what happens and you know see if the data is statistically significant and how do people behave when one version is used versus another. When you mentioned using uh, making sure you're using keywords in your ad copy, uh, how do you know? You've mentioned you've also mentioned a couple of tools that people can use to look up some of those keywords, but how can they know which keywords specifically to target? What's the kind of determining factor in there? How do you know when a keyword's too broad or maybe? Too specific. Mm -hmm. So general rule of thumb is one word keywords are not great uh, for most businesses. So two words plus per keyword. So an example, you know, yoga studio that that I talked about earlier, um, a yoga studio that's local might want to advertise on just the keyword yoga. So actually, that's not a great keyword. The reason that it's not a great keyword is that somebody typing in yoga could be looking for an at home video or maybe clothes or a mat. A better keyword would be something like yoga studio or yoga near me or yoga in San Francisco. Um, so think about the keyword intent. If you add keywords that are very general, Google will also assign them a low quality score. So you can actually watch what your quality score is. So two plus, two plus word keywords are good. And, you know, try to think from the perspective of a, of a user, if you were to type that in, you know, what could you see on the search results page? And is that relevant to your business? Is there any advantage to using negative keywords? And how might those help your ad performance or hurt it? Oh, of course. So negative keywords should always be used. So what, for those who don't know, negative keywords exclude, prevent your ads from showing on certain queries. So for example, back to our yoga example, a yoga studio might want to use a negative keyword jobs to exclude anyone who is looking to, you know, maybe be a yoga teacher from seeing their ads. Um, so every campaign should have negative keywords. They help you get a better click-through rate, a better quality score, pay less for each lead, basically, because with a higher quality score, you get a better ad rank. I would just like to dig into the Google quality score a little bit because we've now you've now mentioned it a couple of times. Why is it important and how does it relate to ad ranking? How are, and how do you watch that number and maybe uh, fix it if you have a low one? Quality score is, you know, again, a measure of relevance. So Google determines how relevant your keywords are to your ads, to your landing page. The factors, the exact formula is actually not published by Google, but, but the main factors are click-through rate. Um, so how many people are clicking on your ads out of those that are seeing it? Landing page relevance, ad relevance, landing page load time. So if your landing page is super slow to load, that'll be a factor that will negatively impact your quality score. And then a variety of other factors like ad extensions. So the higher your quality score, the less you have to pay to actually be in a certain ad position. 
plus you have to pay for each click. Really, I think the idea behind the quality score is to discourage advertisers from buying whatever keyword they want mm. and to really encourage them to stay relevant and to write ads that are relevant to their business. So when I first started at Google, there were some companies like eBay that would buy every keyword from the dictionary that you can think of. And then you would see these like super creepy ads like babies for sale. <laughs> that made no sense. So then back then, about 20 years ago, Google introduced this idea, this concept of relevance, and then eventually evolved into what is now quality score. And so basically, if you have keywords that are super general like that, that don't make sense for your business, ultimately, Google will show them less and less, or you'll have to pay a crazy amount for each click in order to appear on those ads. And then what are, what are match types and how do those relate to keywords? Uh, match types basically dictate how broad or specific you want to be with your keywords. So there are three match types, actually four on Google. So there's broad, phrase, and exact. Um, and then there are negative keywords that we talked about earlier. But the three match types of you know the positive keywords that you're using, broad, phrase, and exact, broad is the default and it's the most loose match type. So actually, if you just use the word yoga studio in broad match, you could still show up on a keyword like yoga which would not be great, or you could even shop on something even less relevant. Phrase match preserves the word order. So the person has to enter in whatever keyword you're using in that specific order. And then exact match is supposed to be just the term that you've entered. So for most businesses starting out, I recommend you avoid the broad match. The reason is that there's just a lot of junk traffic that you'll see, and it can be really difficult and nightmarish to manage. Um, so if you're starting out, I think phrase is great and some exact act also uh, exact match. As you're getting these ads, everything set up and you're choosing keywords and you're writing copy, is it effective to you know, spy or watch your competitors and what, what tools it might exist for someone to check out what their competition's doing? For sure. So um, there are a couple of different third-party tools. SEM Rush is one of them and SpyFu is another. Um, those are great to try and keep on top of your competitors. Both actually offer some data for free. So if you just want to go to one of them and see what a specific domain is doing, you can actually do that to some degree for free. Um, SEMrush, I believe, has a free seven-day trial where you can also download data, whereas SpyFu, I don't think they have a free, free trial, but you can definitely see some data for free, just limited so both of them are helpful. They do not have access to anyone's Google Ads account, so they're not 100% accurate. Take them with a grain of salt. The budget estimates tend to be pretty off. They can be off by as much as 90% in some instances. So I would necessarily put too much trust in those, but the keyword data can actually be pretty good. And definitely, you'll also see what ads your competitors are running, which is really interesting. So definitely, you know, I would look at that maybe once a month or so just to see if anything has changed with my competition, if they're adding in any new keywords and ad, ad messaging. So then once we, now we've got the ads up and running, let's say, in this scenario, and now we're starting to get a click-through rate, what's the best way for us to start improving that, that CTR? Um, so the best way is really a combination of various optimization strategies. So negative keywords, making sure that you add terms that are not relevant to your business. Uh, so things like, you know, photos, jobs, how to become, you know, a locksmith. If you're a locksmith, you don't want to show up on searches for people who are looking to do that job themselves. So negative keywords, there's actually a report in Google called search terms report, which can show you what terms people are typing in before they see your ad. And it's super helpful. It's something you should look at, you know, once a week, 
if that's not possible, maybe a couple times a month and try to see what are you actually showing up for. And this is how you'll find out you know, a lot of a lot of people will find out that they're showing up on things that are actually not relevant to them. So negative keywords are one way to improve click through rate. Obviously your ad. So if you know your ad is really the kind of the soul of your campaign. Um, so if people are not finding it compelling, your click through rate will suffer. You might also need to restructure your campaigns and ad groups. Uh, so you might have set them up in too messy a way where it doesn't allow you to write ads that are specific enough to your different keywords. So for example, you know, if you're selling, if you're a boutique and you're selling like jeans and tops and shoes, you might set up a campaign and an ad group that have all of these different keywords in the mix, but the ad will not be able to be super specific to all of those keywords in that type of setup. So you'd really want to have separate campaigns and ad groups for these different categories, which will allow you to get a better click-through rate. So those are kind of the basics. There's bidding also that that is a part of that. But I think that's not so much a click-through rate improvement as a way to get a better ad rank and conversion rate, a better conversion rate. In the world of, of analyzing, there's obviously a couple of different ways to go about it. Um, to kind of kick off that conversation, could you talk about, uh, one, what a UTM code is and how one might utilize it for to its best results? That's really a more advanced feature. UTM code is basically extra parameters that you can append to your campaigns uh, to capture certain information about your campaigns, like campaign name or keywords, and send it to a third-party analytics tool that you might be using to analyze your data. UTM codes are something that sounds really complex, but actually can be relatively simple to set up. You can set them up through a template at the account level in your Google Ads account. And there are also campaign-specific sections where you can just append a template and then you don't have to worry about creating them manually for each ad. They're just done for you by Google. For most people, UTM codes are not going to be actually relevant unless you're using a third-party analytics tool to help you analyze performance. So most businesses are going to be using Google Ads and conversion tracking and in combination with Google Analytics. For Google Analytics, you actually don't need UTM parameters. You can enable something called auto-tagging in your account and those parameters are automatically appended for you. So then what would be your best practices for for conversion tracking and how do you utilize that data to optimize your campaigns? So the best practice, you know, if you have a Google Analytics account and you're tracking something like e-commerce sales, you can import those automatically into Google Ads. So the setup can be quite easy, obviously setting up conversion tracking. So first you have to figure out what it is that you need to track. So it'll be for most businesses, either sales or leads. Once you figure that out, setting it up, you can set it up either through Google Analytics. If you're using Google Analytics, if you're not, you can set it up through Google Ads by creating new goals in your Google Ads account and implementing a tag on your website. What was the second part of your question? Sorry, I'm blanking on that. Um, just how do you how to utilize it to optimize your campaign? So obviously, you know, once this is all launched and you're tracking conversions, it'll take some time before you actually see some sales come through. So you know, typically you want to allow your campaigns a little bit of time to monitor what's happening and collect traffic and conversion data. Once you have conversion data, you can try to figure out how much are you paying for each lead or what is your return on ad spend? And is that in line with what you need it to be? If it's higher, then we can talk about, you know, different strategies to lower it. Or if it's great, then you can actually think about ways to expand on your campaigns, maybe add more budget, maybe add more keywords, you know, expand your targeting. So I would I would venture that the most important metric would change depending on the goals of the campaign. But are there any important metrics to track kind of regardless of overall goal? And how do you use those in your strategy? 
Well, sure, the goals can change based on the campaign type, but pretty much everyone who I talk to cares about conversions. You know, it's usually not traffic because it's easy to get traffic, but it, unless it's converting into customers, you know, most businesses don't really find that as valuable. So for most businesses, it'll be conversions. And then for lead generation businesses, those who are in, in the business of calls and online leads, it'll be a combination of conversions and how much they're paying for that conversion. So cost per lead. And then for e-commerce, it's a combination generally of sales and return on ad spend. So basically, you know, how efficient is your advertising? Are there any other uh, optimization features that, that we maybe haven't talked about yet or tools within Google Ads to optimize a campaign that our listeners should know about to get the most out of the platform? So the number one tool that I recommend is the search term report. One of the best tools in Google Ads is a search term report that will help you see what your ads are showing up for. Read out irrelevant clicks, add keywords that look great that you want to appear for. So make sure that you access that report and look at it at least a couple of times a month so you can see what it is that you're actually paying for. Another super helpful tool in Google is the Auction Insights Report. So there you can see who else is bidding on keywords that are similar to yours and how much visibility are these other people getting from that effort. So it can kind of give you a gauge of how competitive are you for your keywords and who else is out there that you might want to look at. I think one of the most important pieces of any account is the number one is, I think, keywords. The number two is structure of your account. And then the number three, I think I would actually say is really related to bidding. So a lot of people make uh, mistakes when it comes to bidding strategies. And so playing around with different bidding strategies that are available. Ideally, you're tracking conversions and you can experiment with conversion-focused bidding options. They can really change how profitable your campaigns are for you. Once that campaign's set up, how how long or how much time should someone plan to devote to optimizing and improving the campaign for the long term? I mean, how, how, in terms of maybe even hours per week on average, should somebody be expecting to spend on their Google ad campaigns? So I recommend checking on your account a couple of times a week. Um, for smaller businesses, this could be a little bit less. Like if the budget is really small, uh, you might not actually have enough traffic to see much moving in any direction. But typically, the best practice is a couple of times a week for smaller accounts, more often for higher budget accounts. As far as how long to wait to determine if a campaign is successful and what to do next, the general rule of thumb is two weeks or so. Again, this depends on your budget and traffic. So if you have a really high budget, you might actually be able to see more quickly what's happening. And then how much of this can be automated? And, and is that a, even a smart idea to try and pursue? Well, I think Google tries to make it sound like a lot of it can be automated, but their smart campaigns are not that smart right now. And they're getting better, but they're still typically perform worse than standard campaigns. I think you can try to automate some of it, like if you've picked the keywords that work really well for you. But it, AdWords is really not a set it and forget it program. I have clients come to me all the time who, um, you know, have not logged in for a while and something has gone awry. You know, their results have dipped. So sure, you can, I think, set it up and do okay. But the more you neglect it, the, you know, the more, the higher the chances that you'll miss out on some opportunities and something might go wrong, like a competitor outbidding you eventually and taking up impression share away from you. So that, I mean, that might even answer my next question of uh, if Google's recommendations are helpful or should people kind of ignore those and look to outside advisors to really get that set up? Well, they can be helpful. For those of you who don't know, in Google, there are built-in recommendations that are specific to your account. 
some of them are really okay and some of them are not great. So I would say that 50 to 75% of them are not great. So some are helpful. I think especially if you're a novice, they can be helpful because they can be reminders to do something important like set up ad extensions or write, improve on your ad if your ad is not getting a great rating. But other types of suggestions like increasing your budgets or adding a bunch of keywords are often actually uh, not great. They A lot of them are really designed to make you spend more because obviously Google wants your money. <laughs> so <laughs> they want you to add more keywords and increase your budget and add more campaigns. Um, so definitely take them with a grain of salt. And something that people don't know is these are automated. So there isn't a person that's reviewing these and deciding that they're a good fit. You still need that human touch where you want to see you know, what makes sense for you as a business. Is there... Any tip you might be able to offer in terms of like, this is Google trying to make more, or maybe it's just asking that question when you look at a recommendation of, is this Google trying to increase my cost or is this actually going to help? Is there a way to differentiate between those as a novice? There is. So any new keywords are typically meant to increase your impressions and costs. So any new keyword suggestions, you should obviously, you know, not, not just automatically apply, but go through very carefully. Bidding suggestions can often also be a ploy to just spend more. So Google will recommend that you change your bidding strategy, but only if you increase your budget to accommodate that new bidding strategy. So that's usually not a great suggestion. There are also a lot of suggestions about expanding your ads to show on display, for example. And that is also not going to be great for most people because display is just not going to convert the same like search. So you can figure it out. There isn't necessarily you know, sure proof way to know, but anything related to keywords and display and budgets and bids can be really a way for you to spend more. And what's the number one mistake you see people make with their Google ad strategy and how do they avoid it? So two big mistakes. One is structure that's not great in the account. So for example, people will launch one campaign that's super messy. It doesn't have very themed ad groups that allow for very specific copy. And then the second big mistake is the keywords are just not right and appropriate for the business. Um, and I think, you know, that's a tough one. But if you if you can get the keywords right and the structure, a lot of the other stuff is a lot easier to solve. Then uh, kind of close things out here. What's the single most important piece of advice you'd give for maximizing the effectiveness of a Google Ads campaign? One that I think is really important to keep in mind is to be realistic with what is possible. Um, So Google Ads is pretty competitive. It used to be super cheap. When I started working there, it was like 10 cents per click on average. (laughs) So it was super cheap. But now it's, you know, pricey and it can be in some industries, it can be really expensive. So just be realistic with what could be possible for your specific business and then keep testing. The reality is, is it can work for most businesses. I think you just need to test a few things and figure out what actually works for you. So I think, yeah, keep your expectations reasonable and keep testing. Now, uh, Christina, we always like to end our interviews by asking about what your favorite business book is. But before you do that, I also want to give you a chance to tell our view, our listeners how they can find you and anything else you'd like to share that we might have missed. So they can find me by searching my name, Christina Coutura, on Google and my website should pop up. So my website is com. Actually, there's one one part that I think, I think we didn't talk about. If you're brand new to Google, Google does offer some support for people who are just getting started. So you can call Google and actually have their support team help you set up a campaign. Just keep some of the best practices in mind that we discussed. Um, so focus on just search, um, start with pretty specific keywords and uh, make sure that you have conversion tracking set up as you're getting started. So there is some free support available. 
A strategy we have not yet discussed that could be really helpful for some businesses is called local business ads. So with local business ads, you can actually, instead of paying for clicks, you can pay for conversions. This is not available for all businesses, but it is available to some. Basically, businesses have to go through a background check and then Google will actually show a badge at the top of Google in their ads that it's Google guaranteed. And it can basically help you bypass the whole kind of complexity of managing your account with keywords and campaigns if you are eligible. It just isn't available for all kinds of businesses, but you can type in local business ads into Google and check to see if it is available for your area and for your business. One more uh, strategy I'd like to discuss are paper conversion ads on Google that are related to display. So one way I've actually been able to make display work for some of my clients in terms of conversions is by running a display campaign that actually uses the paper conversion model. So this is not available in search on Google other than through the local business ads that we just discussed, which are a whole separate separate system you have to go through. But the paper conversion model is available for display in Google ads. In order to be eligible, you have to have a certain amount of conversions in the account. But if you are eligible, you'll see the option to, to use it. So this can really help you make display work for you if your account is able to use this feature. Awesome. And then uh, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I I'm actually older now, but I really enjoyed Good to Great by Jim Collins. He basically talks about how good companies and mediocre companies and you know even bad companies can achieve greatness. There are a lot of case studies and examples that I found um, helpful. Christina, this has been uh, a jam-packed conversation with great, great tips and insights. So I want to thank you for, for stopping by the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And everybody out there, make sure you check out Christina's website, ChristinaCatura.com, where you can get professional Google Ads help from a Google insider. Christina also recommended a few helpful resources to better your ad campaign, and we'll link those in the resource section of this podcast. Again, make sure you check out the YouTube channel, Upflip, and our blog, upflip.com slash blog, for more insight and incredible stories. And make sure you tune into the show next week. Christina, thanks again, and thank you all for listening. 